Hi, and you're very welcome to episode 19 of season two of the WNL podcast here on FinalWhistle.ie. And joining me, Brett Nearly, once again, is Aaron Clark of the WNL show. Aaron, how have you been for the last couple of days? Been good. It's been, been nice to get out and watch some football during the week as well, catch up on a, on a lot of football, watching a bit of the Euros, you know, enjoying, enjoying seeing the women's football in the, in the spotlight for the right reasons. I'm going to be honest, I haven't seen a minute of the Euros. I know... Shoot me, put me down. Um, I haven't seen a minute of the Euros because I've just been so under with, with work stuff over the last couple of weeks. But you know what I've really enjoyed is people who I know two or three weeks ago would never have sat down and watched a women's soccer show or a match, watching these gay girls playing um, and talking about it. And I, I better, she'll kill me, but my mother the other morning, I called in, uh, just they were having their breakfast, I called in on the way to work. And she's just waxed lyrical about these players. She's never been to a football match in her life if she can avoid it. And here she was talking about the people who are doing the commentary, the people who are playing the game. And she was like, well, you know, they're not half bad. They're pretty good. I, I enjoyed watching it. And seeing that kind of uh, greater community people who, who wouldn't necessarily have been involved in the women's football world kind of embracing the idea that, Do you know what, actually, girls can play a bit of football. Uh, that for me has been a highlight, even if I haven't been following it too closely myself. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And like you even see in reflection just in home, home or ourselves with the Ireland Finland tickets going on sale the other day. And like I know I put stuff out the days before, basically telling people the pre-sale links is here, go buy your tickets now because on when on the day they won't last long and they didn't. And you know, that's a it's a positive vibe. Tal is completely sold out. Like, you know, that sort of thing, it just shows that the buzz is there, like you look at you look at what's happening it's, it's happening across the water yes there's a little bit of resentment maybe we're not there but it's been truly enjoyable to watch and and to see to see it to see it going on and you know i'm looking forward to going to the final myself and getting over there just to see the buzz again uh-huh. <laughs> you don't like when i say that i'm just but, jealous that's all i'm just jealous <laughs> but like it's great and you know you even see i see people i'm seeing people on social media as well who would never talk about women's football and they're talking about things that happen and it can only be positive for hopefully they all then spin off and get behind the Irish team or get behind the National League and you know especially with all the positive news we've had this week. Well let's get into maybe some talk about that positive news uh, first of all because today we're recording this Friday night going out Saturday morning this week Um, we had some pretty big news a bit of a mixed bag maybe a lot of positives out of it one or two question marks maybe rather than negatives but um talk to us maybe you you broke the story to me a couple of hours maybe before shells tweeted it last night um but we have a new arrival in the league finally somebody coming into the league from outside rather than an exodus out yeah what a name what a name to come in as well but i think that's the biggest thing is heather o'reilly she's played 231 times for america won the olympics three times won the world cup she's done everything in the women's game and for her to come into Shelburne, yes, she's at the tail end of her career. She's retired for a couple of years, but she's coming out of retirement. I still think she'll, she'll add a lot to the league. And I think you just look at her presence. You had a RTE, Virgin Media, and all down at a Talca Park today. You wouldn't see Virgin Media normally around the National League. And that sort of presence just shows you how much of a big name it is. Um, we've lost Aaron there again, unfortunately. Uh, we have seemed to be having technical issues with Aaron over the last couple of weeks. But of course, he was talking about, I give him a chance to come back in there, but he was talking about Heather O'Reilly's arrival into the league and he joins us back again. Aaron. Yeah, look, 
if she, if she if she can get bums on seats with her presence, Brefney, you look at Bleacher Bleacher's reports, all the American outlets, they're all all over it. Everyone has been all over on social media, and I think it's a it's a massive it's a massive story because you're right. We know we normally talk about players leaving, and as we speak about when we talk about one of the sides this who playing this weekend, two of their players going back to America after being home for the summer, and you know we're normally talking about departures, but. It's a great sign. It's a great addition, and I think she'll she'll definitely add a lot. She'll definitely add a lot to the league in terms of her, her presence. Your your question will be is at thirty seven and coming out of retirement, what has she got left? But that remains to be seen, and she could make her debut on, live on on TG Car as well, which is which is massive for for TG Car coming in coming back in. You know they couldn't have timed it any more better. Oh, it really was fantastic news for them, I suppose, really, in terms of the eyeballs that are going to be on them this week. My only thing is, I want to see if Alex Morgan and co are going to be watching TG Carr can understand the Irish. That's going to be the, the fun part of that particular episode over the weekend. But maybe let's talk about the games last weekend before we look ahead to this week. And uh, we had six games last weekend. One, of course, midweek, Shells and Bows uh, took uh, to the field in Tonka Park on Wednesday night. Bit of a drab affair. We'll talk about that in a few moments. But first of all, for you over last weekend, um, any particular highlights in those in those games? We'll run the the results under the under the thing here. But Shell's not for me, probably for me. I think Athlone performance against Shelburne for me was probably the, the standout performance of the weekend. They were they were brilliant. We had Miran Devani on the show last week, and Tommy Yu was absolutely devastated to lose her in the warm up. Such a big player for them, and didn't didn't reflect on it. Emily Corbett scores again, sixteen goal this season. Scores with her left foot one week, scores with her right foot the next. That just show you know it shows the caliber. I think over the head of Amanda Amanda Budden probably could have done a bit better to to prevent the goal just with her positioning. But you know when that happens, and then they've chances to go further ahead. Shells have a good chance when Noel Murray hit both posts and just didn't go in, and then Shell get that bit of luck in the. In injury time, when when it's Jessica Hennessy's hand, I was down the other end. I had a lot of bodies in the way, but a lot of people I speak to say yes, it was a penalty, and you could see how distraught Hennessy was after the game that he should give him that away because it would have been a, a massive result. It's the first time that Atlanta have taken a point off off Bohemians this midweek. They, that's the first time they've done it as well, and I think these little check boxes are just being done by the likes of Atlone this year. Points off teams here, points off there that they've never done before. They're only one now they're chasing as a result against Wexford. They come close so many times, but they didn't. And in terms of shells, I thought shells were quite poor on Saturday. They couldn't get any sort of rhythm going. No King sprung the bed. A lot of the youngsters on. He lost Kiva Keen in a half time. She looked to be struggling with a, with a knock she took early in the game and she came out on Wednesday evening with a massive strapping on and she was a big Donna Fox come off injured as well. And it just looked as though things were potentially going to unravel for Shelburne. But that, li- that little bit of luck at the end and Noel Murray was never going to make a mistake with the penalty. In terms of, I suppose, Shelburne's performance in particular over the last two games, over the last seven days, we've talked about how Shells had the league table wrapped up, the league title wrapped up a couple of weeks ago. Um, I think everybody kind of said it's theirs to lose. Even Murren, when she was on the show last week, Kind of from a Athlone point of view, said it's theirs to lose. They went to they went to Talca. They, they took a point. Bows took a point. That's four points dropped for Shells in the last two home games. They haven't won at home in four. I know we were talking before the game or before the the, the show tonight. Like, is there a chance that we could see a, a a similar situation to last year, where the team who are so far out ahead just start getting a little bit cagey or maybe a little bit overconfident and just start dropping points? The doubts that creeps in. Or is the arrival of Heather O'Reilly 
going to make that bit of a difference to them in terms of quality and experience in the restaurant. It's funny that we're talking about Heather O'Reilly's interview. We haven't even mentioned the fact that Emma Starr signed as well from, from Galway and come on, come on as a sub. And then they brought in another player from America, Izzy Glennon. And I think that's where you sort of try to induce that. But my only concern for Noel is if he gets a bunch of injuries, how's the squad going to handle that? The biggest question mark over the Heather O'Reilly thing is, can she stay fit after so long out of the game? And if she can, she'll definitely add an awful lot to them. But I think for, for the younger players, it's definitely been a bit of a baptism of fire for some of the younger players this week that they've had to come in. Like you, you look Kelly come on early in the in the game against Athlone and sort of got booked. And you could see she was a little bit hesitant picking up an early yellow right after coming on. And then he brought on the likes of Leo Lee. But they just they, they didn't make the imp the impact that he maybe would have hoped. The problem there is is that he sort of had to bring them on because he hadn't really got anybody else to bring on. And I'm sure if you asked Noel, Noel probably would have liked to introduce them, to get them minutes in, in a situation that was probably more suitable, not when they're chasing games. So it's tough because if they do get injuries, they could be in trouble. But if they if they stay fit, you'd have to say they're still they're still firm favourites. And I think the biggest thing from an Athlone point, I know they lost second place, but they see they've they've no fear in going up and playing these sort of teams, going up to the P Mount, going up to Shelburne. They pushed that Wexford all the way, so they'll pick up big points in the second half of the season. But the, the most the most important question is it's it's not a case of will Shell drop points because we know they will. It's a it's a case of the other teams around them. Can they not drop as many? And in the first half of the season, that was the biggest problem. It was the other teams were dropping silly points where maybe seasons gone by they wouldn't have dropped them points. Well, talking about the chasing pack, I thought, of course, in that result themselves, one one all with shells. Treaty uh, United, the venue for Piedmont's game last weekend, seven 0 winners, fairly comfortable in the end for the Peas. Wexford three one winners over Bohemians. Is that a statement of intent to say this isn't over yet? We're going to keep that pressure on. We're going to make you win this title. Do you know what the Wexford one? The Wexford one for me is a bit of a. It, from 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 Paul's point of view, it's a bit of a kick in the teeth for them because they probably should have been two or three up training up in the first ten minutes. Paul should have they did ample chances. They were in, in behind so many times. Even Ronan McCarthy on commentary was saying that they have to take these chances and they didn't. And then when 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 Wex would go ahead through Della Doherty, when Rachel Kelly just can't she tries to pound the ball up with a bar, just doesn't get a good hand on it. You know, Della Doherty slots on close range. They respond straight away with Lisa Murphy from a with a header. But then then it's just defensive frailties. They, they don't prevent the cross, then Lisa Murphy heads the ball straight straight across her own goal, and Katie Burtis slices the clearance, falls to Ellen on the edge of the box, and we've been saying for a long time, if you give Ellen space, she's just going to bury it, and then moments later, she literally got in again and beat the last defender and put it into the corner, and Wexford, Wexford to be honest, they'll probably say it was 3-1 doesn't reflect the scoreline of what the actual game was, but they got out of there, and that just showed that their mentality, and I think in terms of P-mount, it was a, a bit of a, a routing for them in in treaty, and they'll just be looking to try pick up a bit of momentum. They've they're on the back foot. They're on the back foot, and I think the one thing you've heard James saying a couple of times to them in, in t- post match team talks is let the shackles go. They need to let the shackles go. Otherwise, they seem to be playing with a lot of fear. I know Anya Garman's missed the last couple of games for them. They'll be hoping to have her back, back soon, and then you look at for them. I think. P-Mount, it's more of a case of can they can they put in a, a good performance this weekend to build up to the FAI Cup game against Shelburne next weekend? Because I think for them the league is probably the league is probably a bit too far. Yeah, I think so. Anya probably be back relatively soon. I know uh, I know why she was missing the games. Uh, couldn't really talk about it until she announced it herself, but she did announce on social media during the week about a, a new arrival in her household. So congratulations to her and her partner. 
on the arrival of their baby boy. Uh, great, great times for for the family and uh, welcome to to the to the WNL family. For uh, I think it's young James Gorman uh, who will be uh, in in. I'm sure he'll be around Piero Park for the next any amount of years uh, as Anya still continues to, to knock the goals in for Piemont. Uh, two other games, of course, over the weekend. DLR had a good win down in Cork. And then the battle in the West, Galway United 5, Sligo 2. Sligo led twice early in the in the, um, in the the game. From those two, of course, two have been really, really impressive up front, getting the goals for Sligo. A little bit maybe over-reliant on them at times, uh, Emma Doherty and Gemma McGuinness in the reverse order. Gemma opened the score and Emma put them 2-1 up a few minutes later. But then I think just the experience of Galway just got to them in the end and uh, they ran out 5-2 winners. Fairly comfortable in the end, I would have thought. If you're Steam, if Steam Feeney, you'd be extremely disappointed leading twice and and losing a game like that. That you're right, it just shows a bit of experience. And, and Galway just they, they, have, they have some decent players, and they they showed that at the, at the weekend some good goals as well. But in terms of Sligo, I think Sligo have done a good bit of business bringing in Amy Boyle Carr. I thought it was a great signing. I think she she'll make a massive difference. Hasn't funny enough hasn't hasn't played National League senior level before because she dispelled with Sion Swifts and. Yeah, well, she has I think she'll make, league, yeah. she's, I think she'll make a great difference. I remember watching her playing against Holland when she made her Ireland debut at 16 and sort of disappeared off the scene, went and played ladies football for Donegal. But I think great to have her back in the league if if if, if she can add an awful lot to Sligo, it would be good experience, good good addition to them. And I think it's probably it's what they need. There's been talk that there may be one or two more that may that may come in. And you know, I think Overall for Sligo, it's been it's been a decent enough season. They they'd have to be definitely happy, but shipping five shipping five and you lead twice that that would be just disappointing for them. And in terms of in terms of the you know, the always look comfortable. Apparently to open the scoring and they 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 never looked like they were gonna they're gonna lose that game. That would have been that was Lauren Egbalunu's and Maria O'Sullivan's last game before they head back to America. So two big losses for for Danny Murphy. You know, he's trying to build something there, and then the players are going. He talked to us earlier in the season about wanting to keep him, and then he couldn't. So, I think from from a Cork point of view, they they were two big losses, and it's 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 becoming difficult for 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 Danny. He's, he's not seeming to pick up the results that he maybe would have liked after the break, and you know, this weekend of another another tough fixture on the road, and it's it's hard to see that where the win is going to come at the moment. Yeah, I think uh, there's a couple of teams in the league maybe praying for the end of the season just to come as quickly as they possibly can to give them that opportunity to maybe go out and talk to people and and recruit and, and maybe see what is possible through the off-season. Uh, we've seen some impressive moves, as you mentioned, from Shells over the last few weeks. Um, before we move on to uh, a quick chat with Tommy Hewitt that you had after the game at the weekend, just want to finish up on the Heather O'Reilly thing. And I suppose, um, let's be honest about it. There's an interview in one of the pieces about how she played in a charity game a couple of weeks ago at Arsenal and uh, just a conversation with Arsene Wenger and she's like, I've never played the Champions League and he said, do it while you still can and, and she joins the Irish Champions and you're kind of wondering maybe is she really just here to tick that personal box in her life that she won't regret having not played it? Is Does she have the legs? And, and I think she does, but I'm just asking the question, does she still have the legs or even the interest or the hunger to go out now at 37 years of age and and do it for a club where she has really no affiliation. And I suppose then the other question, and maybe what I'm really trying to get at is, why Shells? Of all the teams in the in the league, why has she decided to come and play for Shells? What's the motivation? Yeah. So in terms of the 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 soccer game that she played in, 
when the news started to filter, I text somebody, a good friend of mine in the UK, and someone who would trust their opinion when it comes to football. And the what he texted me back straight away was she was unbelievable that day. She she looked she looked like she'd never been away from the game. And you know, when that was said to me, I was like, okay, that's that's interesting. And but I just think your our motivation that's that's that is an interesting one. She brought the family over as well from America, so it's not like it's just Heather O'Reilly coming over to play some games and go. She's brought the family over. I know seeing some pieces she sort of talked about growing up in Ireland, spending time in Ireland when she was younger. So it'll be interesting to see is is she going to go and explore things in the country? Maybe that could be her motivation to bring the kids while they're young to go and see the country and see what it's about. But I think it, it's, it can only be a game for Shelbourne. You'd like to know a little bit more of the ins and outs as to what's going on and how it, how it come about and how, but like on, on, until we probably speak to her, you, you, we probably won't find out that why Shelbourne and why, why, why Ireland, why Dublin, you know? Yeah, we did speak to Shells today, of course, ahead of the show. And we have been told that we will do our best to have her on the podcast next week and have a bit of a chat with her. Maybe find out exactly why Ireland, what the appeal is. Uh, obviously, we do have a certain appeal. We're well known around the country for being welcoming. And maybe, as you say, she just wanted to get that look at the country and just get a bit of a tourist visa in while she's able to still kick a ball around. Anyway, moving on to the managers after that game. You caught up with Tommy Hewitt after the game. Do you want to intro this, please? Yeah, Tommy was he was quite upset at the start, you know, coming in to speak, to speak. But you could see his passion and his raw emotion. I think if you look at where they are in the in the league table, you can see even the result against Shelburne, like he wasn't happy taking a point away. And you can see the determination that they have going forward to hopefully win more games as the season goes on. Here we go. Time back, long boss, Tommy, you, Tommy, a point against the champions. I'm sure if I offered you that before the game, you'd have taken it, but what an effort from your side. Yeah, look, we were very confident coming up here, Aaron. I suppose we've been fantastic this season so far. I still know our place at the dinner table. They're champions. That's what champions do. They claw back the result. If you offered me a result, uh, a draw at the start, no, I wouldn't have taken it, Aaron. We came here to win. And that, like, I think everybody's seen that. We came here to win. We we don't know any other way. Um, Parents of Shelburne. It caused a lot of problems, you know, they bombarded us a few corners and that kind of stuff. We, we dealt very well and Emily Corbett scored a great goal and thought we were going to see it out. But as we've seen over the last couple of um, months, Shelburne always do that. They always get that late goal and look, it's a sign of a champions as well. And in fairness to them, that's enough to them. But uh, it's a bit raw at the moment, aren't it? Going in at the break though, you're probably disappointed to go in level because your chances and I know they had the one chance from Noel, but you, you, you'd push them and you'd create some good opportunities. You just couldn't point target. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And we spoke about that because in Sligo last week, we 25 uh, attempts and we'd only five on target. And our goal was coming up here to, I suppose, get more shots on target. And yeah, at half time, yeah, you're looking at it and saying, I thought we were a better team at half time. I thought we were the better team for the majority of the game. And I'm disappointed. No, we just reset and we go again. As I said, we nearly we nearly nicked it in the end there. Emily Carver, I think that's a 16th league goal of the season from it's nearly more goals than you scored nearly in the entire last season. She's she's just on fire, but I think it's a it's a full team effort rather than just an individual. Yeah, I said it to girls that we've no superstars. We've everybody, Emily, in fairness to her, she could get a small bit carried away with all the attention she's getting, but in fairness to her, she stays grounded and you've seen the finish there, an absolute sublime finish. She can do that, she has that in her locker. Um, but it's look, the team have been terrific, Aaron. I can't ask for any more of this team, you know. We're 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 kind of we're squeezing it and squeezing it and we're getting every ounce of energy and effort out of them. And look, 
big shout out has to go to young Scarlett Hearn there who came in from she came in from Piedmont there a couple of months ago. She's 17, 18 years of age. She's been absolutely superb since she's come in. And um, yeah, look, team effort. I know it's a couple of weeks away, but I think you're getting your just rewards with the fact that you're even getting a game live on television and TG Carr down and get Longtown Stadium. It just shows how much things have come on. It's fantastic, TG Carr covering the league. And it's, you know, I, I, I honestly, I mean this and I, and I say this to the utmost respect to people. A lot of people, a lot of people have given us no respect for what we've done. And it is, you don't come into this game looking for pats on the back. Um, but TG Carr, I suppose, they had to give us that game because where we are in the table. And that's all credit to the girls. And, you know, a lot of media outlets that you look at and you watch and you listen to, even against Whitehall, nobody gave us a chance against Whitehall. They said that it was going to be the biggest upset. Again, that gives us motivation. It fuels the fire. I think you were one of them as well, Aaron. I said, um, I said, yeah, I mean, skin, the banana skin. But look, listen, I was nervous going into that. Absolutely nervous going into that. And you, you always are against an only team. But yeah, it's great for the girls. It's great for the club. And it shows girls now that don't have to come to the likes of Shelburne, they don't have to go to the likes of Wexford, that we're we're building something here in that home. I think I think that's a that's a massive positive, and as well if you look at the, the college side doing very well as well this year in the, in the Midlands as well. Because like we were talking on the I had my younger Vanya on the podcast during the weekend, she sort of said, you know, she's coming from Leitrim to you guys, Neve Kilms is coming from Dublin to, to you guys. It's not a case that they all have to go to these big clubs now. And I think does today sort of set a marker to where you can go for the rest of the season? Um Look, I'm talking to Noel before I'm, I'm one game at a time and, and, and I don't look one bit, I don't actually look beyond the next game. Our next game is the LR at home next week. Very, very good side. Um, and we'll just take it from there. I, listen, my aim at the start of the season and all the girls was hopefully to finish in the top five. We were seventh last year, joint proposed and sixth. An improvement will be finishing the top five. And I think that's, you know, we're capable of doing that. But you never know in this league, a lot of teams are strengthened. A lot of teams are going to take points off each other. Um, and we'll just see how it pans out. We'll, see, we'll hope to get one or two players in over the next couple of, over the next week to try and help them girls that are doing a great job, Aaron. Brilliant, Tommy. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Of course, that uh, Tommy Hewitt there, you spoke to him over the, the game last weekend and uh, he was, he gave you a fair dressing down yourself, Aaron, for writing him off. Listen, I don't mind. I don't mind that. But the biggest thing it shows us is that, you know, they're, they're listening to it, they're, they're watching and seeing the things that are being said and he's writing what he says in terms of about players and stuff like that because I think that's important that players, as we spoke about, don't have to go to the big clubs all the time because I think it sort of dilutes the league when, when everybody's just looking to go to Shelburne and Peter Maldoni. But it's funny what it's funny that he says about wanting the top five finish. Like they're only they're only three points behind Galway are only three points behind them. And we wouldn't have thought that how close it it even is up between the between second to fifth. And even if you look at the other waves are further four points behind Galway. And it's it's really whoever's gonna whoever's gonna take that by the scruff of the neck, we'll go and go and get second place. Yeah, of course. Um, looking forward to the weekend. That might have a big bearing on who will finish up in second place this season. The first game, I suppose we might as well talk about, is the one that's live on TG Carr. Big announcement last week. They went to Sligo. They had half a Sligo in the photo shot in the photo shoot. I think they had nine of the ten girls there, and five of them were Sligo or from that general gene pool. Like four, four Sligo, one Leitrim potentially. Uh, Roshan Malloy from Athlone is from Sligo. Uh, Yvonne Hedigan from Bose is from Sligo. P-Mans Derbala-Byrne was there. She's lead from just down the road. And, of course, then you had uh, Emma Hansberry from Sligo. And there was somebody else whose name escapes me now. Oh, the fifth one I was accredited to Sligo. She won't accept this. But given her brother's exploits over the last couple of weeks with Julian Sligo, Russell. 
Julianne Russell, of course, with a, a tenuous Sligo relationship. But I think I think she'll take it, given that she uh, she very very passionate about anything we say about John. She uh, she shares on our social media, so uh, we know she watches the show. She follows the uh, the, the men's national league as well through that association. But yeah, what do you think? What, what do you, just on that? What do you think of? I know, I know. Um, the Three Amigos podcast had a good chat about it this week. Um, Cork not being represented, the club centre forgot to send somebody. I, I think it's a poor. I think it's poor. I think it's very, very poor. Yeah, they like, expenses. I, irrelevant. Uh, to my point, the expenses thing. I didn't know that, but it makes it even worse. I think um, there should have been somebody there. You could have flown somebody up if you had to. Nearly, you know, um, arrangements could have been made. Um, it just it's. I think the clubs need to take themselves as professionally as they expect to be treated by the people around them. And if you are taking sponsorship money from big com companies or expect them to take sponsorship money, if you're expecting people to invest their time, their money, their their attention into your games, into season tickets, buying jerseys, uh, reading programs, watching and engaging with content like this, uh, then you have to portray yourself professionally as well. Um, I don't think it's acceptable if that's the excuse that they forgot to send somebody. That's pretty poor form. Um, now, I don't like hammering teams, but that's the basics. We see it. We, we do a lot of stuff locally here at County Leitrim with, with Gaelic games, and every now and again, you'll get a team that just don't bother and or forget or whatever the, the situation might be, and it's just poor. You don't you don't forget launches like that. You can't. You wouldn't see it in other sports. We shouldn't be. We should be aspiring to be better or as professional as we can be on that. Like I think they produced a, a brilliant little campaign video, TG Carr, off the back of it. And, you know, it sort of gave me a little bit of a spine tingling to say this is what they're going to do. And the fact that they've shown 10 live games as well, it's a massive increase on what they've done last year. And, like, I think it deserves the, it deserves the respect and the recognition for the, the effort that they're putting in. Uh, 100%. And that's, that's, what I'm, that's what my point is. If you're expecting professional agencies and professional companies like TG Carr to come in and, and promote the league, then you have to meet them halfway, or even a tiny ten percent of the way. But you have to meet them. You can't just forget to show up. Anyway, I'm, that one rant less this week. I'm going to try and keep it short. Um, for me, uh, we mentioned the Sligo success this year, um, both in, in the men's side in Europe, and things seem to be going strength and strength from strength to strength within the club over the last few years. Which, as a local, is fantastic to see. And I think we, we see the women's side as a huge part of that. It's 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 a fantastic addition to the club. And I think when you bring everything together and everything's going in the right direction, it's so much easier to create an environment where uh, results like, as, we, as we're talking, last night against Motherwell, a 2-0 home win based on a 1-0 home win in the first leg, uh, and you're seeing teams progressing. There was a million euros came into the league last night. A million Amazing. euros. And, and, and we talk about how we scrimp and save for bits and pieces. Both those teams, St. Pat's and Sligo Rovers, uh, went from 300... You're 300,000 prize money each to 800,000 prize money each. And you know what? I wouldn't rule out one of them getting through the next round. I don't know which one. I think if I was John Russell, I'd rather be seeing uh, the North Macedonians rather than the, the uh, was it Sparta Prague? No. Oh, no, the Vikings, sorry. Yeah, the uh, the Norwegians. Um, it just would have been, I, I'd rather have taken them than anybody else, but it's going to be an uphill battle. I can't see them getting through. I do have a bit of a gripe with John Russell, though, and I'm going a little bit off topic here, but I'm going to bring it back to women's football. And I'm going, I've asked you a question off air, I think. John Russell is now the most successful Irish club manager in, in UEFA club competitions with an Irish club. Uh, and I had a huge, huge uh, joy this morning in texting him 
uh, and saying and congratulating him on that because he took my record and I'm absolutely good in <laughs> with St. Francis back in the day. Two wins out of three, uh, 66%. John now has 75%. So I'll happily concede my record, at least temporarily. <laughs> John, we have another chat next week, but I think I'm buying lunch the next time we sit down for a chat. Anyway, that's my little uh, humble brag out of the way. Let's talk about the, uh, the games next week. Let's start with that game. Uh, Sligo Rovers versus Shells. Uh, it could be Heather O'Reilly's debut. It's definitely Sligo's debut on TG Carr in the sense of the Women's National League. How do you see the game going? We could be looking at one of two very different things here. So there's a couple of things to look at in, in terms of this. So in terms of the actual game itself, Noel's definitely going to want a response from Shelburne after the back of off the back of two two draws in a row. If he gets it, it could be it could be a dangerous game, a dangerous night for for Sligo Rovers. But if they're not on if they're not on par again. If Sligo can stay in the game for 60 minutes, they may have a chance. But will he spring will he spring Emma Starr from the start or will he bring her off the bench? Will he spring Heather O'Reilly? But just in terms of Sligo, it's great that it's their first game or their the first up on TG Carr. It's a Saturday night evening, roughly around the time where the men would normally play. Hopefully they'll get a big crowd. I think the fact that there's potential that it could be Heather O'Reilly's debut. That might add to the people just wanting to come out just to see it. And we may see a, a Women's National League attendance record tomorrow, but I think from a Sligo point of view, have to be tight at the back early on, keep keep things tight. If they if they concede one early, Shelburne could, could score a couple and have, have an easy enough night. I'd love to have seen Sligo sell the tickets inside the gate of the women's game. Make them come in, make them stay for the women's game. And... And and for the, the tickets for the European match, and I would think it would have been really a massive boost for that game. Great crowd on TV. You could have got maybe an extra thousand people, which would be on its own almost uh, a, a WNL attendance record. One thousand and I think it's one thousand and ninety-seven. Is it? I think I thought it was one thousand and seven, but I, I'm I'm open to correction on that. But it's 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 just over a thousand anyway. Um, a little over a thousand, you you'd beat it. But it's uh, it's going to be a big big thing. I really hope for Sligo's point of view, and I know they've impressed me this year. I would have been very skeptical about their chances. I said it on the show at the time. I repeat it now. I didn't think they'd get into double figures. They're nearly double that. So, and I think they will comfortably hit 20, 25 points before the season is out. They've been phenomenal, and I really really hope. Uh, they're here to stay, and I think you mentioned Amy Boyle Carr signing during the week. She's the kind of player they need to be bringing in. And yeah. I think that if I'm Stephen Feeney or whoever's involved in, in running the club at the moment, uh, Con Feeney's the CEO up there, I'd nearly be looking at players around the league who would have an affinity to the area, and that's who I'd be targeting as well. There's enough of them out there that if you've got a chunk of them to come back, and other managers are not going to like me saying this, but if you've got a chunk of them to come back, you could make Sligo into that kind of lower third team into maybe a competitive third or fourth place side within a year or two, which will be a huge, huge addition to, to the league. Uh, moving further south... Just before, uh, just before you do real yeah. quickly, is Amy Balcar still in IT Sligo? She finished this summer, I believe. So that so, may be a negative. But who knows? But, but even, listen, there's players travelling from Donegal down, so it's not as if she can't carpool anyway. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, moving down the west coast, of course... From uh, Sligo, we see uh, Treaty United will be hosting Wexford at the weekend. Um, it's very hard to see Edinburgh an away win in this one. Breffney, their last three home games in the league have been Shelburne, Wex, Piedmont and Wexford. Talk about a, a really, really bad stretch of games for, for Treaty United. Um, we'd have to say Wexford should win comfortably. 
Yeah, I'd have to agree with you on that one. Bowes host Cork in Dalymount. Again, Cork struggling. They've lost two of their better performers in recent weeks, although we'd expect to see maybe Abby McCarthy come back into goals to replace uh, Maria Sullivan. Abby's impressed me over the last year and a half, uh, but does she have enough about her to kind of withstand that very impressive front line of Bowes this season? Uh, Aoife Robinson, Erica Burke, and a couple of others chipping in with goals all over the place. I, I, I can't see, I can't see them holding up. I think Bowes have started to get a bit of momentum. You, you look even, I know the Wex, the Wexford lost, but they showed good character in that, especially to when they went one 0 down, and then against Shells, it was for them, it was a good display. I'd have to say that Bowes should, Bowes should pull the three points and be comfortable enough. They'd be looking to get that win back that they they had in Turner's Cross, where they just didn't show up earlier in the season. Yeah, and again, one that's given James O'Callaghan the sweats for the last nine or ten months is, of course, at the visit of... I'm sorry, James. We'll give uh, Galway uh, are in town at P-Mount. I'm pretty sure half of P-Mount still have nightmares about that particular clash at the end of last season. Um, what's your thoughts on this uh, repeat encounter? Don't forget, the start of the season, P-Mount absolutely trashed them in, in Amy DC Park, where the teams were four nil, three or four nil up at time and you know they looked. They looked at that stage that that it was gone. The the the, the history of last year was gone, but it just hasn't really worked out for Piedmont this season. I think it'll be another difficult game for them. Galway will come into this with a, come into this with a good bit of form, and I think they'll fancy their chances against them. Like I've always said over the years, Galway seems to be better against the likes of Shells, Wexford, and Piedmont when it's away from home compared to when they're playing in Amy DC Park, where they seem to struggle a little bit against these sides. Why do you think that is? I don't know. It's it's a strange one because you see it with some you see it with some other sides as well. Uh, they seem to, to perform better uh, away from home against the big sides, and you'd you, you'd like to think that Amy DC Park, you know, it's their fortune. It's where they they get all the good results, but they never seem to do. And like you look at last year, they beat they beat Wexford away last year, and they beat Piedmont away. This year they they had the draw with Shelburne away. It's it's a strange one. It's it's really it's hard to put a put a finger on. And you'd love to know is it a, is it a mindset? Is it something? It's something that's just triggering them that they just don't seem to perform as well against my home. Yeah, we'll have to get someone on from the club to have a chat about that maybe in the coming weeks. Uh, final game, of course, for the Eagle Eye amongst you is not on the screen at the bottom. Is of course the visit of DLR Waves to Athlone Town Stadium. And um, we heard from Tommy Hewitt. He's happy with how his charges are going this season. Uh, he feels that he's kind of shutting some of the critics up a little bit. That's us included. Um, can they continue their fine run? Are DLR able to pull this back? Because DLR have probably had a relatively disappointing season against the expectations that they and others like ourselves might have had at the start of the year. Most cons- most inconsistent team in the league. They haven't strung two ones, wins together in the league since the open two days of the season. You know, they go beat Shells, then they go and lose to Athlone, but now, now it looks like that Athlone loss wasn't a bad result after all with the run that Athlone went on. In terms of Athlone, I actually made a prediction in Talca Park last Saturday, just before kickoff, that they beat Shelburne 1-0. So I was very close to it in the end, and they have no fear. I'd, I'd fancy Athlone to get a result in this game as much as the DLOS people won't like me saying it, but I'd fancy Athlone to get a result and come away with the three points at home. I think you'd have to, of course, uh, still a big gap there at the top of the table uh, from Shells to the Chasing Pack. But another round of games this weekend, and we shall see how that goes. The TG Carrick cameras are going to be down in Sligo for the visit of the champions. Uh, they're not quite within touching distance of the championship just yet, but a couple of results could put them very, very close to that. Uh, where will your eyes be this Saturday evening? Of course, all the games 
Uh, later on, no afternoon games this week. It's all 5, 6.30, 7, 6.50 for the TV's cameras. And, of course, 7 o'clock. Uh, where will your attention be? Will it be on the showgrounds? Um, to be honest with you, if I don't get if I don't get the pose and cork, it'll be both. It'll be the five o'clock game on the box. Then it'll swap to the probably swap to the one on the six o'clock on the iPad and have one on the on the laptop. And then it's no doubt it's going to TG Car at uh, ten at ten to seven. I love TG Car's coverage. My Irish isn't great, but I just love it in terms of all sports. So I'll be glued to that if I'm not at a game. If I'm not at pose and cork, and if if I am, I'll just watch it. I'll watch it back, but. Just delighted to have them back in a good run of games coming up from them. Yeah, if I can sneak out of work early, I might even make the trip down to Sligo myself. Whoever you're going to be, this goes out on Saturday morning. So it's this evening's games, of course, as you're watching this. Uh, enjoy wherever you are going to be playing or watching a game today. And uh, we'll be back with you again at the more traditional time of 9 o'clock on a Wednesday. Now that a certain um, show about uh, romance on a deserted island has finished... We can go back and claim our nine o'clock spot uh, on a midweek evening. So hopefully we'll have guests and an audience at nine o'clock next Wednesday evening. Aaron, pleasure as always. Nice short show this week. No guests other than Tommy dropping in just to give us his thoughts on the, the game last week. And we'll be back with you again next week. Aaron, thanks very much for joining me again. No problem.